before I deliver the message to you, I wanted to just kind of give you a, an update. Miss Diane and I are going on vacation for a couple of weeks, and we're looking forward to that. Um, um, I'm going to be out of touch. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Uh, I'm going to have my ringer shut off. Uh, any calls that will come through will come through Miss Corey first, then to Miss Diane, and those two ladies will decide whether or not I'm going to receive that call. And uh, so I'm just I'm taking a break. Uh, so if you send me a text in the week or something, and you don't hear back from me, please I'm not mad at you. Uh, I'm not offended at you. I'm taking a break. And I just kind of need that time to hit the off switch for a couple of weeks. Can you say amen? amen. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Brother Jonathan is going to be preaching next Sunday. and Amen. And then the following Wednesday, but this next Wednesday is going to be a prayer meeting that Miss Sharon is going to be leading. So we encourage you to come on out for the prayer meeting. Our 714 uh, devotion I'm not going to be doing that. Steve and Deanna Zucker are going to be doing that every single morning for you. And so that'll be available. And it'll be good, uh, a nice, fresh, new outlook on things. And I think it'll be exciting. And so uh, I'll be, uh, although I'm taking time off, I'll be listening to the 714 every morning. And I'll be with you on Sunday. I'll be with you on Wednesday. And, uh, and just having a good time with you. Can you say Amen. amen. Now, I'm not going to rush through this message, although at least a half a dozen times yesterday I said to Diane, is it Sunday afternoon yet? So we can hook up that camper and get out of Dodge, amen? Praise God. But I want to deliver a message to you, and I'm going to take the time to do so. I'm not in such a big hurry that I'm going to just uh, go to the last page and, and, and pray you all in. I want to deliver a message to you today entitled, The Red Sea experience, the Red Sea experience. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I personally, although I desire your anointing, I don't need it today because it's not about me. I know you've already anointed your word to go out and to accomplish that which you've purposed for it to do. So, Lord, I just pray that you'll anoint our ears to hear what you would say. You'll anoint our minds to understand what you would say, and you would anoint our hearts to receive what you'd say today. I won't refuse any help that you might give me in delivering this word today, but I'll also be cautious and careful, Lord, to make sure that you get all of the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Have you ever uh, faced a situation that you didn't know how you were going to get out of it? Can I see a hand? You've been in a situation where you just didn't know which way you were going to turn. You could not find your answer. Have you ever had one of those moments in life where you felt like you were between a rock and a hard place, and it was just things were squeezing and it was bad? I venture to say that probably most of us have been there. Probably a lot of us have... Uh, not only been there, but we bought the t-shirt, the mug, the hat, and still have the ticket stub to show that we were at that thing, you know, that difficult time in life. We've, we've all done it. And say amen if you know what I'm talking about this morning. Now, I think it's safe to say that most all of us have been there more times than one. And I also think it's safe to say that there's probably some here today that you're there right now. 
in this very season of life where it's just very difficult and you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place and almost like the prophetic word that was given earlier that you're, you're wondering, why isn't God hearing my prayer? Where is God at in this situation? There's nothing worse than being in a difficult situation in life and also adding to that, where are you, God? And I think that we could probably all say that we've had those moments too, where life has been tough, and then no matter what, it just felt like, where, where, where's God in this moment? Of course, we know that God is right there with us, amen? So there's been plenty of times personally where I've made a phrase to, the, to something to the effect of, this thing's only going to happen by a Red Sea miracle, this thing, this, we're not going to see this through outside of a, a Red Sea miracle. Uh, and the children of Israel, they certainly had to face the Red Sea in a real kind of way. Their story is found in the 14th chapter of the book of Exodus. You can go ahead and turn there if you want. I'm going to be reading a few scriptures from that. I'm not going to read the entire Exodus story. That could take us a while. But kind of in recapping the ancient story, we get our first glimpse of the trek that the Hebrews had to take um, in their escape from Egypt. Uh, they've been under um, slavery, in slavery to Egypt for over 400 years, and now they are escaping that slavery. They're breaking every chain and getting ready to walk in their freedom. Okay, are you hearing me? Sometimes walking in your freedom is still scary and difficult because you're so used to the bondage of the chains that you have. And so you sing a song like Break Every Chain, and then you get free and you don't know how to walk that out because you're so used to walking with a limp. Are you with me this morning? That's kind of the story of the Israelites as well. Their story kind of starts out as they leave uh, Egypt and they, they head toward the Sinai P Peninsula towards the Red Sea, and to the north of them were several massive e Egyptian fortresses, so you don't want to go north. To the south was the uh, barren Egyptian desert. You don't want to go south. Uh, to the east of them was the deep Red Sea. There was no way they were getting through that. And to the uh, west of them, and this is the worst part, there was an angry Egyptian army that was chasing them down. So they were closed in on every side. Things did not look too good for the children of Israel. You and I are going to face similar situations in life where it doesn't matter which way we turn. It just feels like we are surrounded by the cares of life. We're surrounded by the troubles of life. We're surrounded by the things of life that make us feel like there's absolutely no way out. And we may not have an angry army chasing Everest to try to take us down, but it may feel like it sometimes when it feels like everybody in the world around you is against you, and nobody is there to help you. The Bible story tells us about Pharaoh's army chasing the Hebrew children. So I want you to get that picture. They're hemmed in. They're blocked in. They've got nowhere to turn whatsoever. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 9, it says this, so the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh. Did you hear that? All of their horses and chariots, not just, uh, you know, the, uh, 
the seals or the uh, uh, green beret, all of them. They brought them all out, all of Pharaoh, uh, and his horsemen and his army and overtook them camping by the sea. Uh, I got a feeling that was not a good camp out. Okay, things were not looking good for them. The Egyptian army came from the west in hot pursuit of the Israelites. But here's something that's powerful. I love this because God will do this for you as well. God intervened. God showed up on the scene. God came through. God came through that thing. Let me help you with something this morning. When you're at your darkest hour, God will come through for you if you'll just hang on and not let go. When you can't find a way escape of escape, just hang on because he's your rescue. He's the one that's going to get you through it. So quit trying to take care of everything all on your own and begin to bank on the power and the providence and the protection of the Lord God Almighty. When everyone is against you, listen, God is still in your corner. Even when your family members seem to turn away from you, I want you to know that God is still in your corner. And by the way, with God on your side, who could be against you anyway? Amen? Give the Lord a shout of praise if you believe that. Hallelujah. There is a uh, story I want to tell you here in just a minute, but the Lord protected the Israelites uh, by first moving them. Now, this is, this is where it gets a little tricky. He protected the Israelites by moving them to the edge of the Red Sea. You would think, well, why not take the army out? Why not bring rain and cool weather to the desert? Why not drop the fortresses to the north? No, he took them to the edge of the place that there was no escape. And we need to keep in mind that sometimes the Lord's deliverance comes to us right when we're on the edge of the bleakest moment, of the darkest time. You see, we want God to come through for us when we want him to come through for us. And he's saying, I need to teach you a few lessons first. We don't like the lessons of the Lord. And so all you have to do is you got to remain faithful. you got to fight the good fight of faith, especially when you're teetering on the brink of disaster. Because that's where God will let you be sometimes before he comes through for you. I know you don't like that message, but it's a true message about God. He'll wait until you're on the brink of disaster to say, okay, now I'm going to rescue them. You see that with Paul and Silas. They were in stocks and chains. They had been beaten. They were in the deepest, darkest part of the prison. And what does the Bible say? At the midnight hour. Sometimes God waits to the last possible minute. But let me help you with something. He ain't never late. Praise God. He shows up, and that's a powerful and beautiful thing. So that's the moment when God loves to come through the most on our behalf. When we have no other option but to look to him. You see, if we would look to him more often, maybe uh, he wouldn't have to put us in positions where our only choice was to look to him. Are you hearing me? But he'll allow, he'll allow us to get in positions in our life where we don't have any other alternative but to look up to the king of kings. And guess who's there when you look up? He's there. Can I help you with something? He was there the whole time. You just weren't looking up yet. So if you look up more often, you might find that you'll have less Red Sea moments. 
But we have to rejoice in the Red Sea moments because you can't have the Red Sea victory if you don't have the Red Sea experience. So here's what happened for them. They, again, can't go north. They can't go south. The Egyptian, the whole army showed up and had them pinned in, and then there was the Red Sea, and there was no way they were getting out of it. And we know there was a bunch of yahoos in the Israel camp who were complaining and whining and, and just messing with Pastor Moses, and he was somehow still held the faith. And God said, well, I'm going to come through. And what did God do? He put a wall between the children of Israel and those that were going to destroy them. He put a wall between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. It's in verse 19 where it says, And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. He created a barrier between the enemy and between his children. Can I help you with something? You may not physically see that happening, but you need to know that in the Spirit, the Lord is creating a wall between your enemy, between that it's starting to take you down, and between you because you're his child. Amen? There's a great story that I kind of alluded to a moment ago. It's a story about a little boy that uh, went to children's church uh, one Sunday morning, and on the way home, the dad asked him, well, what did they teach you today in children's church? And the little boy said, well, they taught us about uh, the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. And so the dad said, well, tell me the story. What happened? And so the little boy said, well, the, the Israelites left Egypt, and Pharaoh and his army chased after them, and they ran as fast as they could till they got to the Red Sea, and they, they didn't have anywhere to go, and the G Egyptians just kept getting closer and closer and closer. And so at the very last minute, Moses sent out the Israeli Air Force and just bombed the Egyptian to smithereens. And then while that was going on, the Seabees built a bridge across the Red Sea for their escape. And when all the Jews had safely crossed, Moses told the Air Force to let the Egyptians through, and then Moses sent the Israel Navy SEALs and wired explosives to the bridge, and the bridge went out, and all of the Egyptians drowned in the Red Sea. And then uh, that, you know, Moses detonated that bridge and just blew everything to smithereens. You like that story? Declan loves that story. And of course, the dad was in shock, and he said, is that what they taught you in children's church today? And the kid went, well, not exactly, but if I tell you what they told me, you're never going to believe it. <laughs> which, is, which is pretty true, because what happened was an unbelievable situation. What God did in that situation was beyond the scope of human belief, to have the waters part, and he led his people through an impossible situation. Listen to, the, listen to the, 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 the lesson to be learned here. God relishes taking his children through impossible situations. Amen? He's not just there to lift you out of any trouble, so it's like you're just completely uh, uh, oblivious to any of the lessons that can be learned in the trouble. He is there to get you through impossible situations, and he's there to do the impossible for you, where you can look back on that, oh my goodness, did God come through for me in that situation. Amen? Otherwise, you take the credit yourself, or you give credit to another human being. 
I don't like being in those desperate, teetering on disaster situations, but I know this, God's going to show up, and God's going to do something miraculous, amen? He's going to do something unbelievable for you, too, if you'll just hang on. He'll come through in the impossible situation if you'll just trust Him, if you'll make Him the center of your faith, and especially what He accomplished at the cross of Calvary, if you'll keep that as the object of your faith, He will come through for you. Will you shout amen? amen. Count on it. Take it to the bank. It's for certain. So we all, not a one of us in this room, is exempt from having between the sea and the army experiences in life. We're all there where we're going to have Red Sea experiences. There are times, as I said, that you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place, and you can't find an answer. There's a time when you feel like you're, it's either the desert or the sea. What am I going to do? What do you do? How do you handle those situations? Well, you do just what the children of Israel did. That's what we do. It's there in verse uh, Uh, Well, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29 says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry ground. That's That's quite a miracle. That the waters parted at the word of Moses and the lifting of the rod and the waters parted and the the, uh, Egyptians marched through. Uh, And, of course, we get that Ten Commandments kind of visual of that, you know, these huge walls of water on each side, and it's just crazy and Of course, those that like to uh, negate the power of the Bible like to say, well, it was actually at the low water time, and they went through the reeded area that really was only like ankle or knee deep. Can I help you with something? As far as I'm concerned, for God to kill the entire Pharaoh army in ankle deep water is just as much a miracle to me. Amen? (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. So it says, by faith they passed through the Red Sea, this is Hebrews eleven twenty nine. as by dry, dry ground, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. I just want to share with you four quick points, and then I'm going to go hook up my camper and head to vacation. Praise God. <laughs> and I haven't cut a, key, a single corner. I don't plan on it, so excuse me. I want to give you four simple instructions on what you need to do when you're facing a Red Sea situation. Number one, look up. And you'll see that in Exodus 14, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. You need to look up. When you first realize that you're in a Red Sea situation, look up from whence your help comes. Amen? Look to the Lord. Look to Him. Cry out to the Lord. When you're facing a no-win situation, an impossible situation, you need to look up to heaven and go ahead and cry out to the Lord. That's what the children of Israel did. It says that they were afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. When you're in a troubled situation, quit trying to mend it yourself. You know, don't just, listen, I'm happy to speak with you about your stuff, but don't quickly go, well, my pastor's got the answer. I'm going to call him. You know, why don't you just first look up to God? 
cry out to him, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. Help me. Amen. So when you're in that situation, look up and just pour your heart out to God. He's your Papa God. He's your daddy. You know, I marched through things with my daughters, and they reached to their daddy. They reached to me, <coughs> excuse me, to help them through situations and to try to encourage them. And I'm not there to say, well, you made your bed, now lie in it, or boy, you sure screwed up, or whatever. No, I'm going to love on them, and I'm going to help them, and I'm going to encourage them. Amen? That's what... Listen, if I can do that with my kids, imagine what God can do with his kids. Amen? Now, I can't even do that with my kids, though, if they don't let me. If they don't say, Daddy, I need some help. Father, God is so much better. You just look to heaven and say, Abba, I need some help. I can't do this one alone. I need some help. Here's the second thing. So number one is look up. Second thing is stand firm. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still, or stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Now, I love this passage of Scripture. i got to go ahead and just exhort just another little second on what else is written here. It says, do not be afraid, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Look here. I love this part. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Oh, hallelujah. The trouble you're facing today ain't going to happen again. I like that message. Amen? If you'll stand firm and believe, look to God, cry out to God, I need help. Now stand firm in the faith that Father God's got you, even if he takes you to the brink of disaster. Even if you're hemmed into the Red Sea and you don't know what you're going to do, just stand firm. One of our human tendencies, our shortcomings, if you will, is when we're facing difficult times. And I don't know why this happens. People see, have a tendency to shrink away from God. They, I, I don't get it. You'd think that that would be the one time that you would more readily run to God. And yet when things are not going their way, people say, well, where's God in my situation? Why isn't he covering me? That's the enemy putting deceit in your mind to begin to get you to doubt God, to move away from God. And then you move away from the very thing that's going to rescue you when you need it the most. And then the other thing, we, we try to handle the matter on our own. Well, I'll just take care of it. I don't need to tell nobody. I'll just, I'll just I, 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 I. You know, uh, he's the great I am, you're the great I'm not, okay? S stick with that. Run with that in Jesus' name, amen? He's the one that can help you through this situation. So quit. don't let the devil trick you, well, God's not answering your prayer. Where's God with you in this situation? Listen, instead of running from the Lord, stand firm, hold your ground, don't be pushed back. Don't stop looking back. Don't stop crying out to the Lord and stand firm. So the first thing is to look up. The second thing is to stand firm. Here's the third thing. Walk through. That's what the Israelites did. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 22, it says, 
So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. I don't know about you, but that would have been the scariest moment for me. Huh? It's bad enough I can't go north because of the, the fortresses that are there. It's bad enough that I can't go south because of the desert. Certainly I can't go uh, west, I believe it was, because that's where the uh, army is at. But now you're going to want me to walk between these walls of water that are somehow being magically held up. Fish are swimming by, winking at me. How's this going to happen? That would have been a scary moment. That might have been, in the human aspect of this, the scariest moment. Because now i got to step into a seriously impossible situation. And yet that was the avenue of victory. Are you hearing me? That was the avenue. You know, there was a whole lot of those Israelite people wanted to go on back to Egypt. That was okay. They had to walk through this impossible situation that I know had to be scary. It had to be a scary situation. So they did follow the Lord's instructions, and they walked through the Red Sea. Remember, this is the Red Sea experience. The Red Sea up until that moment was a barrier. It was the thing that was standing in the way of you getting your victory. And, you know, a lot of people think that the children of Israel got all their stuff when they left Egypt. No, 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 no. They weren't really ready to have their victory till they walked through the Red Sea. You might say, well, maybe it was uh, all the other things they had to go through. No, 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 no. This was their moment of victory, walking through the most impossible situation of the whole thing, their Red Sea. And in the same way, you and I have to be obedient to the Lord. The Lord told Moses, tell them, walk through. It's going to be dry land. I'm going to hold the waters up for it. You just believe in me. All you got to do is put one foot in front of the other and keep walking through. Are you hearing me this morning? <clears throat> well, there might have been a bunch of, <laughs> I'm not going in there. Uh-uh, I can't swim. They had to obey in an impossible situation. Listen, sometimes God... God's answer for you may not be the answer that you're wanting because the answer that you're wanting is a convenient route for your victory. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I got a few more lessons you need to learn. So you're going to walk through this impossible situation, and I ain't rescuing you halfway through. <clears throat> I'm not going to deliver you out of it halfway through. You got to walk all the way across up to the other bank before you're about to see the victory. And, you, and most of us will be like, mm -mm, no, 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 no. You're asking way too much of me. I can't do it like that. God says, but that's how, that's how we're going to grow together. Isn't that, isn't that cool? So you may have to walk through your Red Sea experience by walking hand in hand in obedience to him. And if you'll walk hand in hand in obedience to, the, to him, he will walk hand in hand with you through that difficult situation. Sometimes, many times, it requires a special act of obedience on your part and on my part. God's still there. 
but he's saying, I want you to do something in this situation. So first thing we need to do is what? Anybody remember? Look up. What's the second thing? Stand. What's the third thing? All right, here's the fourth thing. It's my last point. Hallelujah. My last point. Kneel down. After they made it through to the other side, you know what they did? <coughs> Jonathan, you're going to like this. They had a song service. That's what happened. Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? They worshiped God. I put it that kneel down. That's that kind of visual image of worshiping God. So after you've looked up and you've cried out to God to help you through this impossible situation, and you've stood firm on the fact that he's going to come through for you, and you walked through in obedience, whatever it was he asked you to walk through, when you get to the other side, don't turn around over your shoulder and go, look what I did. No, you ought to immediately upon knowing the victory is secured, take a knee and give praise to the King of Kings who brought you through this thing. Can you say amen? <clears throat> when God brings you through your Red Sea experience, be sure to thank him. Be sure to praise him. Don't just walk off and go, well, thank goodness that's over. Wish you'd have come around a little sooner. It would have been easier on both of us. Thank you very much. God is going, oh, he's just going to get more trouble coming because he didn't learn his lesson yet. So be sure to give him all the credit. Don't take the credit for yourself. Well, I prayed really hard. Well, I tired the extra. Well, I showed up to church more. Well, I witnessed. No, give him all the credit for seeing you through that situation. Don't hesitate to take a, a knee in humility before God and thank him for getting you out of that situation. In closing, sometimes we wonder why in the world we have to go through so much trouble. Jesus taught us that every day we'll have enough trouble of its own. Right on? It's a part of life, y'all. Life has trouble. We don't know the answers to all that. Why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? We don't, that's not for our, us to try to figure out. It's just a part of of how life works. No matter what happens, God is still God, and God is still there. Amen? I said it earlier. You don't have to have great faith. You only need to have small faith in a great God. But what that does is it always keeps you looking to Him as your answer, as your salvation, as the one who's going to get you through the situation, and not yourself. So why does God allow, why does He even allow Red Sea experiences to happen? Well, have you ever stopped to think that maybe the situation that you're going through right now is exactly the thing that you need in life that you're going to have to get through in order to get to the next level that God has for you? Can you stop right there and just think about that for a second? You see, there's a whole lot of Christians that aren't really interested in going to greater levels in Christ. I don't believe that's the case for Resurrection Life Church. I believe this is a group of hungry disciples of Jesus Christ who are saying, I want to go to the next level in you, Lord. I want more. I want to know more about you. I need more of you, Lord. There's more of you to believe in, and I want to know it. 
show me God. But he might say, but you're going to have to go through the fire to see it. You might have to go through a test to get it. You might have to face a Red Sea experience. But don't shirk at that because there's something good that comes from it. Let me share another story with you. It's about a woman who was doing some research on silver, and she had called a silversmith and said she wanted to talk with him because she was doing some research on the refining of silver, and so he invited her to come over and watch him work with the silver. And uh, she saw him hold the piece of silver uh, over the fire and let it heat up, and he explained that in the process of refining silver that he had to hold the silver right in the very middle of the fire, because right in the very middle of the fire was the hottest point of the flame. And so he had to hold it there very carefully. And so she asked him, well, you're, you're being so attentive. Do you have to sit there and in, in front of the fire the whole time? And he said, absolutely. I've got to stay here this very moment. I have to keep my eyes on the silver. I've got to keep my eyes on the fire, because if the silver's left too long in the fire, it will actually corrupt and destroy uh, the silver. Well, the woman was kind of silent for a moment about that, and she asked the silversmith, well, how do you know when the silver is actually refined? And he said, oh, that, that, that part's easy. I know that it's refined when I can see my reflection in it. That's the moment that he knows. But that piece of silver had to go through the hottest point of that fire for the exact amount of time that was necessary for the silversmith to see his reflection to go, it's pure now. I wonder how long we got to be in the hottest part of the fire before God's reflection can be seen in us. Think about that for a moment this morning. The same is true for you and me. God allows us to go through Red Sea experiences in order to burn away everything in our life that doesn't resemble Him. That's why you should rejoice in times of trial. You don't rejoice because of the trial. You rejoice in the God who's going to get you through the trial. And you rejoice in the fact that what He's doing right now is going to make me reflect His image even better than it did before because I'm going to a higher level in my Lord God because of the Red Sea experience that I'm facing right now. Can you say amen? So sometimes God allows us to go through those Red Sea experiences so His image can be better seen in us. Again, that all accounts on how you go through it. Perhaps you're going through a Red Sea experience right now. Maybe you're feeling the heat of the fire right now. And if so, just like this story, I want you to remember that God's got his eyes on you. He's watching you. He will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. In other words, he will not keep you in that fire any longer than is necessary for you to become more like him. He's burning away your impurities. He's burning away all of those things that stand as idols in your life. He's burning away you because, quite frankly, the reflection of ourself is often our best image, we think. Look in the mirror and go, oh, yeah. You're fine today, you and your hairless head. 
only I could see was spiritual eyes that looks in the mirror and goes, that's what God, God looks, I see the Lord, not that I'm the Lord. You know what I'm saying? That's what should be seen. When others see us, they should be able to see our Heavenly Father reflecting through us. But y'all, that doesn't come just because you come to church. That comes because you make it through your Red Sea experience. Making it through the Red Sea experience. Making it through the Red Sea experience. Standing firm, looking up, walking through, and kneeling down. Get through your Red Sea experience and go to a new level in the Lord. So, in just a quick summary, look up from where your help comes from. Well, I'm facing a situation. Don't Google it. Google has a lot of answers. But God has the right answer. And Google will help you figure out how to get out of it. But God will help you figure out how to get through it. Can I get an amen? Because you need that experience in your life. And then stand firm for crying out loud. Stand firm. It's through standing firm that you see the salvation of the Lord. Position yourself in faith to what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary. And do not allow the enemy to make you waver. Stand firm. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. Number three, walk through it. And then just keep walking through it. Just keep walking through it. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just keep walking through it. What future would there have been for any one of the Israelites who, like a small child, decided, I ain't walking no more. I'm done. I'm going to stay right here. Not going to be good. Keep walking. But I'm tired. Keep walking. But my feet are hurting, figuratively. Keep walking. The path is difficult. Keep walking. You're about to make it to the other side. You're about to make it to the other side. And then finally, my last point, when you get to the other side, stop right there, kneel down, and give the Lord some praise for what he brought you through. If you can receive it and believe it, would you give the Lord some praise even right now? Come on, shout real good. He is worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the adoration. God wants you to become refined silver, to be refined gold. I understand with refined gold, when it's absolutely pure, you can see right through it. And yet the beautiful thing about silver is that when it's refined pure, you can see the reflection of the silversmith in it. That's what I want in my life. We all go through Red Sea experiences. And as I said earlier, there's probably some of you here today, you're in the midst of it right now. Maybe you're standing at the bank waiting for the waters to part, and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe the waters have parted, and you're halfway through, and you're like, oh, my gosh, how long is this going to take? I know that feeling. I remember a number of years ago, it's been quite a few years ago, I rode my bicycle from Ithaca over to Stanton, 
down 522. 522 has got lots of little hills, right? And uh, some of those hills got pretty weary after a while. And I just knew that I would see the Stanton sign over the next hill. And I get up on that next hill, all I could see was another hill. <laughs> and I wanted to pedal really hard to try to gain some momentum to get it down the shallow hill, but I'm so tired of climbing, I just coast down that hill. And I'm thinking, it's bound to be over the next hill. You know what was over the next hill? Another hill. I just wanted to fall over dead in the ditch. It's a true story, but it's a metaphor of how we get through our stuff sometimes. You think it's just got to be around the next corner, and you get around the next corner, and there's just another corner. And you're like, God, when is this going to be over? When am I going to see the Stanton City Limit sign? That still didn't work out well for me because Diane's folks lived another three miles past Stanton, which was another three hills. Thank you very much. I feel like I need to do this. Joni, could you come to the piano for a minute, please? This kind of hit my spirit a little bit earlier, and I was just kind of waiting on this moment. Because I knew when I wrote this message, I just knew in my heart, in my spirit, that there was people here today that you're in that between a rock and a hard place time right now. And I want to be able to agree with you in prayer. And I haven't done a prayer line in quite some time. So here's how I want to do this. I want to have Jonathan lead us in whatever you feel in your spirit. And it's, it's 11.35. We still have a few minutes left in our normal time for service. And I want to pray uh, with you this morning. And I'm going to ask you to come up here in a minute and kind of line up across the front. And I'm going to ask you to stay back far enough so that, for example, I will ask you, are you okay with me laying a hand on you? And it is okay if you say no. If, you're, if you're, you want that social distancing, let me help you with something. God is not limited by six feet. Okay? And, and he doesn't need me to lay a hand on you for you to get from him what he needs. But we believe in the laying on of hands here. And so in a moment, I'm going to ask you, if you're facing a Red Sea situation, whatever that may be, I've shared with you a number of different examples of what that might look, in, look like in your life. And if you're there, currently there, Right now, I want to pray with you, and I'm going to have you line up across the front, and again, I'm going to come to you and ask you, are you okay with me laying a hand on you? If you say yes, I'm going to step forward, I'm going to lay a hand on you. If you say no, it's totally cool. It's okay. Don't be embarrassed, because I'm just going to extend a hand toward you, and I still believe God's still going to touch you either way. Amen? And help. So I just want to encourage you. So if you're facing a Red Sea situation right now, I need you to come on up here and stand in the front, please. And you're going to stay back about six feet from this front step here. Facing a Red Sea situation. I'll take that. Thank you. You can go ahead. I got it. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're doing awesome. I appreciate you, bro. Yep, just line right up. Anybody else? I haven't done this in a while, but I felt like right now is the time that I needed to pray for you if you're in a Red Sea situation. You need God to help you through it. 
I don't need to know what your stuff is. I don't need to know what your trouble is. God knows. But what you have to do is look up and cry out to him. Don't have faith in me. Don't have faith in this. And don't have faith in whether I touch you or extend a hand. Have faith in the God that's going to see you through it all. Right? And then after you've looked up and you've cried to the Lord, stand firm. Don't let him, don't let him, don't let him take you off course. Don't let him take you off course. You've done good. You've sown the right seeds. You're just not receiving the right harvest right now. By the Spirit of the Lord, I say that to you. And it's breaking your heart. But God's going to see you through this. You stand firm. And then you got something else you got to do. Now you got to walk through it. You got to walk through it. You got to get down on that dry ground and walk on through this scary. This is the, to me in my in my personal mind. This is the scariest moment in the whole scenario. It was scary enough that the Egyptian army was right at my back door. But now you're telling me to walk through that? Yeah. Here's the deal. The Lord knows in advance whether you will actually kneel down and worship him on the other side. So don't make the journey longer than it needs to be. Amen? Don't make the journey longer than it needs to be. Go ahead, Joni. Are you okay with me laying a hand on you? It's a God. About halfway through. I'm going to need a catcher to help me out. Can I get an usher up here, please? Not trying to offer an invitation to fall, but just in case you feel so inclined to just give up and just let it happen. That's fine, too. Hold up just a minute. i just got to say this. For those of you who are maybe unfamiliar with praying in a prayer line and people falling, uh, there's been very few times in my ministry life where I've seen people fall because God actually knocked them down. Because my personal opinion is if God knocks you down, I'm probably going down with you and seven or eight aisles behind you are going down if God did it. However, there is an aspect of falling that I'm absolutely completely in agreement with. And that is for me to stand here is actually my will to use my balance faculties and my muscles to even stand, right? That's not God. That's that's you standing. Now, I'm not inviting you to fall, but there are times when I got a sense I don't even want to have the will to stand. I just got to give up and let God have this situation. Are you with me? So I, I know I mentioned, uh, let me have a catcher up here, maybe some here. What catcher's what? What are you going to throw a football or what? So if you, feel, if you feel that, that's okay. We'll have people here to help you. Those who are sitting in the front row, good, good choice. I was going to ask you to praise God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, she says she's about halfway through. The waters are parted. There may be another hill over, the, over this hill. You just keep walking. God is with you. 
Think about that. God is with you. God is with you. Are you okay with me touching you? In the name of Jesus, whatever her situation may be, help her get through it, Lord. Help her make it through the entire thing. Not give up. Not give in. And have the energy to not give out. In Jesus' name. You okay if I... Name. I could tell throughout this message there were things that were resonating with you, and I just speak in Jesus' name the ability to get through this entire situation. Nothing's going to stop you, nothing's going to keep you from being a victor and an overcomer in this, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You okay if I touch you? Wrap me in your Jesus' name. Speak blessings on my brother to get through this season, get through whatever it is he's just having difficulty with. He'll see the city limit sign real soon, and he'll know he's making it through his destination. And he'll fall on his knees and worship you. Jesus, you okay if I touch him? Jesus' name. Bless her, Lord, to know that you are with her, you're hand in hand with her the whole way. She is not alone. In fact, there are times you need to carry her. And I thank you, Lord, that you will pick her up and you'll carry her. Just trust in Him. Don't trust in yourself in any way, shape, or manner. Are you okay if I. Alright. Blessings to my sister here. Whatever her situation may be, whatever Red Sea experience that she's facing right now, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to see her through it. You're going to give her the strength. Make her through the whole thing. In Jesus' holy name. Jesus' holy name. Will you give you okay if I lay a hand on you? Thank you, Father. Listen to my brother, Lord, that you will help him get through his difficult time. And Lord, I know in his life, Lord, it seems like there's just one corner after the next, one hill after the next. I pray, Father, you'll give him the strength and the longevity to take one foot front of the other and keep pushing them there and keep going and keep moving and keep stepping you're with him every step of the way in jesus holy name you okay if i jesus holy name thank you for my sister whatever her red sea experience may be right now lord may she know that whether even though she can't go to the north or south and maybe the army's pinning her in right there with her even to the edge of trouble you're going to bring her out of it you're going to bring her through it she's going to be able to rejoice on the other side because of what you've done in jesus holy name are you okay if i lay a hand on you is that all right so take me to that place to that secret
that song together, shall we? Come on, stand with me. So take me to that place, Lord, to, to that, that secret place where I can be with you. Yeah. You, you can, can make me like thank you for what you have brought us through even this morning with a wonderful time of worship just powerful thank you even for a prophetic word of knowledge thank you for that today Lord thank you for speaking to us thank you for the powerful children's ministry video and the lesson there we'll all walk away remembering that thank you for your word about the Red Sea Thank you for all those that received prayer this morning. I speak blessings on each and every one of them. And Lord, as we all go about our day now, our week, things that are in front of us, we ask for your grace for the journey and your blessings in our life. May we be a blessing to everyone that we come in contact with, Lord. May we reflect your image to everyone that we come in contact with. We thank you that you protect us, that you guide us, that you guard us, and that you feed us. You're our source and our provision, and we'll always be cautious and careful to give you all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day. You're dismissed.